You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. We're continuing on our series tonight on the Holy Spirit. Anybody glad for the Holy Spirit? How many of you know you don't have to get weirded out by the Holy Spirit? And he doesn't weird you out. Okay, he's wonderful. He's the spirit of Jesus. Actually, he's a, Jesus said another comforter just like him. Um, we uh, are 19 weeks into this. How, how many weeks are in a year? My goodness. Um, but we're 19 weeks into this. We've been the last few weeks talking about some of the gifts uh, of the spirit. And I actually have felt led tonight to teach on how he leads us. Okay, so we're going to we're going to circle around a little bit on something. And I've got I've got uh, some situations I've been wanting to be led on. I've got some people very dear to me that are seeking the leading of the Lord. And then it's just kind of uh, just kind of caught my attention. Just talking to a number of people, different places and at the door and, you know, out in public and so forth. That um, is this me? Is this the Lord? How many of you have ever had that question before? Is this me? Is this, oh, what should I do about this? And here's the thing you need to know. The Holy Spirit knows the perfect will of God concerning you. And he wants to lead you into that. So I want to take a little bit of time tonight and, uh, and talk about that. Now, in um, John 16, verse 13, in the New Living Translation, it says, When the Spirit of Truth, another name for the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you. Say, He will guide me. He will guide you into all truth. Now, the way I read and the way I think, and, and let me encourage you to do this. Every day you should do a little bit of this, where in your reading, a verse kind of sticks out to you a little bit. And you need to go real slow on that verse. I, I put it this way. Don't just read the Bible. Let it speak to you. And part of the key to understanding scripture, uh, the plain things are often the main things. Do you hear that? Some people try to get so deep and spooky, but really the plain things are really the main things. And take your time and allow it to speak to you and read slow. That's one of the keys to understanding scripture is, is to read it slow. Well, when I'm reading this, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. And I always do this internally and I make you do it a lot. I say, say, that's me. And you'll say, that's me. Um, He will guide you into all truth. So if he will guide me into all truth, then can I not also believe that he will guide me out of all error? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that make sense? And so he's guiding you into all truth. If he's doing that, he's also will guide us out of all error. It says he will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. Where did he hear it? The father. And he will tell you about the future. Now, the Holy Spirit is our helper. He is a guide. He knows the will of God concerning you. And so if he's a helper that knows the will of God, let him help us. You let him help you. And so tonight I want to share some things that will help you to do that. Now, understand this too. One of the reasons that I think the ministry of the Holy Spirit is so strongly opposed by the enemy is because the Holy Spirit could guide you into the perfect will of God. And uh, that's what we're after is the will of God. And not just the overarching, you know, long-term will of God, but today, this situation. What do I do about this? And what do I do about them And how do I handle this? How should I respond? 
Um, and it's to be led in that. And as the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us, he's going to guide us into all truth. He's going to lead us into the perfect will of God. Now, how many of you have ever had him lead you before and you resisted? If you're breathing tonight, that, that, that would be you. Okay. And, and sometimes aware of it. I mean, super aware of it. I don't know, but I still want to hit him, you know, or, or whatever, whatever it would be. All right. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, also in verse 16, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, again, the way I read and the way I think, you just kind of reorder that a little bit. And the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. The children of God are led by the Spirit of God. Everybody say that. The children of God are led by the Spirit of God. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Say it. Say, I know his voice. Jesus also said this, in another voice, they will not follow. So if you'll zero in to hear his voice, you won't follow another voice. You won't follow that other voice. And that's the thing. You, you know, life, the enemy, um, insecurities, all kinds of things. Well, I don't know his voice. Then who's telling the truth? You or Jesus? Jesus said, my sheep, anybody his sheep tonight? <laughs> okay. His sheep. We know his voice. I want you to say it. Say, I know his voice. We know his voice. Another voice we're not going to follow. And he, he leads us. So let's go back to this. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So the sons of God are the children of God are led by the spirit of God. Verse 16 says this, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, what is the most important uh, thing that could ever happen in your life? It's to become a child of God. Uh, John chapter one, verse 12 says to as many as received him to them, he gave the right, the amplified adds the power, the privilege to become, or to be called the children of God to as many as received his name. And so we have, that's your highest privilege. That's the greatest miracle going on is to be headed toward hell in the kingdom of darkness and to get rescued out of the kingdom of darkness transferred into the kingdom of God's son, the son of his love. And I'm going to heaven now. And I was unrighteous. And now he paid for that. And now I am righteous and I'm forgiven and I have purpose and I'm not, and I'm a temple of the Holy spirit. And I didn't earn any of it. It's a wonderful thing. And if I die, if my body drops, I just go to heaven. And understand this, because I've had a couple of people ask me this in just the last few weeks. This is kind of uncanny too. Well, where do we go when we die? Well, if you're a believer, to be absent from the body is to be where? Is to be present with the Lord. Okay? And where's he at? There you go. And don't go before your time, okay? Because we've got, we got, we got work to do. All right. Notice this. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. So he doesn't text you. He doesn't really speak to this ear. I've never had him speak out loud to me. I've had him speak to my heart so strong sometimes I, it's almost like I could hear it. Okay. Now, some people say they've heard him. And if people say they've heard him, 
I'm not saying that they haven't, but watch them closely. And, and no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Um, but the number one way that he does this, he bears witness with our spirit. So if the most important thing going on is to become a child of God, and for that, he bears witness with your spirit about that. He testifies to your spirit. He communicates to your spirit. You understand the spirit is the real you? You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Least important part of you that you spend the most time on is the body. Now, you've got to take good care of your body. Feed it well. Exercise it. Rest it. Stretch it and hydrate. Right, Bob? Um, My trainer's here. Uh, um, Because this is the temple. This is how you get around. If you're not feeling good, it's hard, you know, it's hard to pray when you don't feel good. It's hard to stay awake and read your Bible when you're sleepy and worn out and don't feel good. So you got to work this whole thing together. Take good care of your body. Dress it up. Keep it clean. Keep it smelling good. Okay? All right. And then you got your soul, your, your will, your intellect, your emotions. That's where you think, where you feel, and where you decide. Very, very, very important part. But the real you is your spirit, man. And he bears witness with your spirit. That's the, the alive, real part of you. You're the spirit man. So he bears witness with our spirit. So he helps us know the will of God. I'm going to share three things with you quickly. And then we're going to get into one of them. And then a couple of side notes too. He helps us to know the will of God by number one, an inward witness. An inward witness. Everybody say an inward witness. Uh, this is a sense, um, a knowing it's to perceive an, an inner witness. Sometimes I've had the Lord do things like this and this happened years and years ago. And I just, I was not experimenting with this, but I was trying to learn this a little more. And I pulled up to the bank, drive through at the bank and they're like, you know, four lanes. And I just, and, and, and don't. Tempt Christ, don't try to be weird, don't make everything goofy. I traveled with some Christian music groups last century, and uh, sometimes there were people we'd, we would be at a, a an exit, you know, we're traveling somewhere, and there'd be some of them, they'd join together in prayer, and they'd want, they're praying, God, should we go to Burger King or should we go to McDonald's? <laughs> I had a lot of fun with them. But anyway. <laughs> Just what sounds good to you, you know, but I pulled up to the bank and I just, and I just kind of asked on the inside, Lord, what lane should I get in? And, and, you know, you may debate, well, does he really care? I think he cares about what you care about. I said, I think he cares about what you care about. He said he would perfect that which concerns you. So I just felt prompted to go into and this was inner witness, getting the longest line got done first. Y'all with me? And you say, well, that's just a coincidence. You believe what you want to believe. Okay. But I gotten the longest one. I pulled in the longest one and it just moves quicker than, than all the rest. And now don't complicate your life. Should I use a pen or a pencil? You know, I mean, some people are just, you know, all right. An inward witness. It's a sense. It's a knowing. It's a leading. It's you perceive something. I did not hear anything. There was no flashing lights. It was just like 
I just felt a, a, a drawing to, to go in to do that. Now, and again, you can strain that. And you need to learn to just relax with the Holy Spirit. And he, and he will help you. Seek him, ask him to help you, and expect that he will. And then follow that inward witness. Second of all is an inward voice. Everybody say an inward voice. And this is that the scripture talks about a still, small voice. It's something you hear on the inside. And you've got to get quiet to hear that. I said, you've got to get quiet to hear that. I had you quoting out of John 10 earlier that Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. They hear my voice. They know my voice. And so you've got to get quiet because how many of you know there are a lot of voices in the world? And if you've got the TV on and the vacuum going and you're... Your earphones are in and the kids and the dogs and all that stuff. You're going to have a hard time hearing the inward voice. And it's a still small voice. It's almost in the form of words for me. Often that is where the Holy Spirit will give me an answer or remind me of a scripture. Or just something will come to mind that that he'll remind me of. So it's an inward voice. And then thirdly is the authoritative voice. Everybody say authoritative. It's the authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit, and it's strong. To me, it's like an electric thought. I mean, it's just like, boom. And it's big, and it's strong, and it is on the inside. And it's the authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit. And it's almost like a do it, do it now, do this. And it's very, very strong. I've had um, occasions, and I don't want to spend all our time on stories tonight, but I've had occasions where the Holy Spirit warned me of things. And it was like, get out of here and get out of here now. Uh, years ago, my son Lee, who's uh, almost 25 years old, uh, was just a baby. We were on staff at a church in North Carolina. And uh, we were traveling during the night. And I don't remember if we were coming down here to visit family or we were headed back there, um, you know, to get back to where we lived in the church we served. And we pulled over in the middle of the night to... Um, uh, just get something to drink. Uh, and there was like at a, at an exit, a convenience store. And we pulled up there and there were two cars parked there and we pulled, pulled up there and there was somebody standing with their back to us. And then the clerk, uh, behind the counter and they were just standing like statues. And I'll tell you what, I got EBGBs and there's like two in the morning. And I thought, and we were, Alicia was getting out to, to come around the other side. Our pastor that we worked for, he'd loaned us this, he had this super cool van. We had the trashiest little car in the world. But he gave us this, like, customized van to travel in, which was so sweet. And we were out moving. And all of a sudden, I mean, it just rose up on the inside. And I said, get in and get now. Get in and get in now. And we're, and we, you know, we just took off. And we were thirsty, wanted to go to the bathroom and everything else. But I didn't want to get shot either. Y'all with me? And you'll say, well, you just spooked yourself. Maybe, but I really felt like it was the Holy Spirit saying, you know, and he knows. And let me tell you the other thing. He probably, even prior to even us turning our turn signal on, if we're sensitive with saying, don't, no, keep, go on a little further, you know. And and sometimes we let our bladder make up our minds or whatever, you know, you know. Okay. All right. But he bears witness with our spirit. Okay. All right. Always the language of the spirit is the word of God. 
The language of the Spirit is the Word of God. He's not going to tell you something contrary to the Word of God. Y'all with me? You got to get this. The language of the Spirit is the Word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 talks a little bit about that, that he knows the mind of the author. Proverbs tells us he was there at the very beginning. Uh, Timothy tells us that all scripture was given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This is what he uses. This is what he talks. He's, he's not going to use some other thing. Now, he may talk in terms that you understand, but it's always going to be in line with scripture. It's going to be totally uh, aligned with and in sync with the principles of scripture. Never will the Holy Spirit give you something outside of the word of God. The Father... The word, first John tells us the father, the word and the spirit. These three are one. They're unified. It's always never, never trust something. If the Holy Spirit tells you something contrary or you think it's the Holy Spirit telling you something contrary to the word of God, that's not the Holy Spirit. Impossible because the father, the word and the spirit, these three are one. Now, I want to talk about the inward witness for a little bit, uh, a little bit more. We read in, in Romans eight fourteen, as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. How many of you are still with me tonight? Okay, good. Most of you. That's awesome. Um, Isaiah 30 verse 21 in the new living says your own ears will hear, will hear him right behind you. A voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Now, this is talk about your ears, but this is actually figurative. If you'll read through Isaiah, you're going to see there's a lot of figurative, symbolic language there. It is as if, that's what they're saying. It is as if a voice was behind you speaking into your ear, go this way, go that way. And and don't get too uptight about, is this the inward witness or is this the inward voice or is this the authoritative voice? The thing is, we are led by the Spirit. We want Him to guide us and to lead us. All right? Now... When we're led by the spirit, there's an old saying, and but it's true though. Be, be careful when we're being led by the spirit that you don't end up with lead poisoning. And by that, some people, well, I don't feel led to go to work. I don't feel led to do my chores. I don't feel led to be nice. I don't feel led to forgive. Yeah, that's lead poisoning. Okay. That we would... We would couch our laziness or our uh, lack of discipline in terms of the spirit leading. Dangerous thing. Don't do that. Now, be careful also of this. God said or God told me. You need to be very, very careful of that. Let me read this to you from Ezekiel chapter 13. Verse 1 through 7 in the New Living. It says, Then this message came to me from the Lord. Ezekiel, prophet of of God, said this. He says, son of man, prophesy against the false prophets of Israel who are inventing their own prophecies. Say to them, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. What sorrow awaits the false prophets who are following their own imaginations and have seen nothing at all. O people of Israel, these prophets of yours are like jackals digging in the ruins. They have done nothing to repair the breaks in, in the wall around the nation. They have not helped, to, uh, helped it to stand firm in battle on the day of the Lord. Now listen to this carefully. Instead, they have told lies and made false predictions. They say this message is from the Lord, even though the Lord never sent them. And yet they expect him to fulfill their prophecies. 
Can your visions be anything but false if you claim this message is from the Lord when I have not even spoken to you? And what happens sometimes, and I've noticed it even on Christian television and some meetings that I've been into, people will almost portray that they have this open, like, speakerphone conversation with the Lord. And then I said, Lord, and he told me uh, to do this and thus and so. And I said, well, Lord, what about this? And the, he, the Lord, he said this and this and this. And I just think that you need to be very, very careful. Now, I'm going to be careful tonight as to not to say um, that I don't think they heard from the Lord. I, I, I'm not going to go there, but I would say this. They need to be careful what words they put that in. I think it would be better maybe to say, I, I sense that the Lord prompted me. I feel like the Lord was leading me. And you need to understand this also. Sometimes the Lord will put something in your heart that is, and he can do it in a second. Boom. And it's like a full conversation. I mean, boom. it's in you. And as you start to unfold that and articulate that, You'll real I've had the Lord give me an idea before and boom, that idea is down in me. And then when I go to share that idea with somebody and it came, boom, I, I, I can sense when it dropped in my spirit. And then when you start to articulate and bring it back, it take you a half hour. And you're not making up anything. It's just like it's flowing out of that. It's just like, you know, it's like a little Alka-Seltzer tab, you know, just just keeps going and going and going. Y'all with me? And I don't mean disrespectful. Holy Spirit and Alka-Seltzer, okay? Y'all, in, y'all know me, okay? All right, I don't mean that disrespectful at all. And so I think it would be better to say, I sense the Lord is saying, or I feel impressed to do this, or I really feel the Lord has led me to do this. Rather than, because here's some of the danger, especially for somebody standing up in front of people to say that. You know what it, it creates in people? Well, he doesn't speak to me like that. You know, and if, if somebody gets up there and they're saying, well, then the Lord told me this. And I said, well, Lord, what about that? And you, and, and you go through the speakerphone kind of conversation and you recount that to other people. And I've talked to a whole lot of people that have gotten messed up by that. And they'll, they'll say, you know, I don't know what's wrong with me because he doesn't speak to me that way. I was in a meeting last uh, spring and Joyce Myers was one of the uh, speakers. And she said that several times during, during, and I love Joyce. Um, and she's got a wonderful new book out too called Power Thoughts. Um, and afterward, Henry, um, Ken Blanchard got up. Ken Blanchard, wonderful leadership teacher, wonderful man of God. And he got up and he was kind of uh, hosting. And he said, now some of you may have heard Joyce say, the Lord told me and this and that. And he said, uh, and he was trying to qualify it a little bit. And, and Joyce made me so proud because then she, she said, could I say something? And she came up on the platform and she said this. She said, I feel the Lord has been correcting me on that. And then I'm really not to say that it's a habit. And she said, will you forgive me? Because I feel like the Lord impressed me and the Lord spoke that into my heart and she humbled herself and and corrected that a little bit and i think she has a ministry of great integrity and uh, and i would never want to make her mad but uh, but <laughs> and i'm glad she's on our team you know but um 
But I think that's good. And you need to be careful of that. Uh, that you don't portray something. And I've had people tell me this before too. Well, God told me. Well, if God told you, then why are you asking me? If he told you, then just go. There's no place of appeal. And so be careful of that too. Because I've had people come to me, but well, God told me to do this and so. Next thing I know, they well, he told me to do something else now. I said, wow, he's changing his mind a lot, isn't he? So what I'm saying is be careful with such a precious thing as the Holy Spirit speaking into your heart. Inward witness, inward voice, authoritative voice, however he would do that. Now, with his leading, and here's one of the ways you know that God is leading you, peace. Everybody say peace. Peace. All right. Peace. There's an inward peace that goes with. Now, peace is not always comfort. And peace is not always excitement. Peace is peace. Peace is not weird or spooky. It's just a peace. And there's a brand of peace. Say it again, peace. There's a brand of peace that the Prince of Peace will minister to you. And it's not just a cranial peace. It's not just that everything works together peace. It's something that kind of drops on the inside of you that you've got peace. When I'm making a decision, uh, especially any kind of decision that carries some real weight with it. When I'm making a decision, I, and sometimes I probably frustrate the people around me, I'm slow to make decisions. Because sometimes, how many of you have ever made an emotional, emotional decision before? Okay. I, I know people who got married before out of an emotional decision. Don't raise your hands. <laughs> and just an emotional thing. And that's why you do not respond to pressure. I had a sales call last night on the phone. I think it was last night. And I said, no. But we're going to give you this and this. And I said, no. But we'll also give you this. And I said, no. I just don't. Why, sir? And I said, because I don't do business on the phone. Because it's, I can't see them. I can't see the stuff. You just don't do that. And then if you're ever under pressure, he doesn't lead by pressure. He leads by peace. So when I'm having to make a weighty decision, I'll take some time. I'll run it through my emotions. I want to sleep on it. I want to wake up the next morning and spend time alone with God. Not crowded with all the other stuff and see how it feels now. And then... And then if there's no peace, I go, whoa. And then you want to ride that carefully. But it's very important peace. You do not want to violate that peace. Let me read to you a little bit about the peace. Colossians 3.15 in the Amplified Bible. Y'all getting anything out of this? It says, and let the peace, say it again, peace. Now this is from the Amplified. Look what it says here. It kind of defines it. Let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ. I love this part. Rule. Act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. In that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body, you are also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. My stepfather, he comes to um, first service every Sunday morning. He's um, in his mid-70s. And when I was growing up, he was a Little League baseball umpire. He did that for, I think, 29 or 30 years. 
and he ran a tight ball field. You hustled out, you hustle back. Tuck your shirt in, pull your drawers up. You throw that helmet, you throw that glove, you throw that bat, you're out of the ball game. One time he threw the mayor out of the park. <laughs> mayor of Leesburg threw him out. And I thought, awesome. Because he's being a bad example and a bad sport and everything. And he just ran a tight ship. And I had to, and this was the bad part. I was a pitcher, a catcher, and a second baseman. So if I wasn't pitching, I was either catching or playing second base. I hated pitching. Because there he was behind the catcher. And he would not show partiality. So if it was close... It went the other way. And it's like, oh, that made me be a better pitcher because I had to make it where there was no, no doubt about it. And then when I was up to bat, same thing. And I go, oh, that's a ball. Strike! <laughs> but here's the thing. I learned this. You don't argue with the umpire. Now, our culture has just gone nuts. A lot of things have come unglued and unbolted. You do realize that, okay? And, and you don't argue with the ref, you don't argue with the ump. I learned that. I lived with him. <laughs> and so when he made a call, that was it. If it's a ball, it's a ball. I remember coaches sometimes coming out of, coming out of the dugout. What was that? Just what I called it. <laughs> well, this is saying in this verse... Let the peace, the soul harmony which comes from Christ, act as umpire. Continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. You've got to let peace make that decision for you. And peace is never pushed. You allow for that peace to settle in. Isaiah 55, 12 in the Amplified Bible says, For you shall go out from the spiritual exile caused by sin and into evil in the homeland. With joy and be led forth by your leader, the Lord himself and his word with peace. So you shall go, you shall go out with joy and be led forth by peace. You are to be led by peace. Keith Moore says this. The answer to a million and one questions is this. Be led. Be led. And don't be led by opportunity. If you're led by opportunity, you're going to be misled. You got to make sure that you are led by peace. And that's how you know that you're being led by the Holy Spirit. Don't violate peace. And if you lose your peace, you better go back and find it. It's that valuable. Go back to where you lost. The scripture even says, you know, if you become surety for somebody, don't give rest to your eyelids. Go back and say, let me out of this deal. Emotional decision. Sorry, I was wrong. Can I buy you a burger? You know, it's, it's, you got you to get out of that. So don't violate peace. Let me go over a couple other things just real, real quick here before we get out of here tonight. Fleeces. Fleeces. Uh, first of all, let me tell you what a fleece is. In, in Judges chapter 6, Gideon. Do you remember this? The Lord told Gideon to do something. And Gideon did this. He said, all right, Lord, if this is really you, I'm going to take this fleece. A piece of lambskin or something. And he said, I'm going to lay it out. And if it's really you, make the fleece wet and the ground around it dry. So he got up next morning and he wrung water out of that fleece. And the ground was all around dry. 
Well, then he said, Lord, forgive me, uh, but could we do this again? This time, make the fleece dry and the ground wet. And the Lord did it for him. But that's Old Testament. And we are not to be led by fleece. Don't be putting out, well, Lord, uh, if this is you, then do that. Because Satan is the God of this world system, and he can manipulate a few things like that. Years ago, and, and I've joked about it, but I actually knew a situation where somebody was praying, lead, uh, trying to find a leading about leaving, moving somewhere. They felt something was coming up, and three cars passed them from Alabama. It's Alabama. We're going to Alabama. Children, work on your accents. We're going to Alabama. No, you don't, you don't fleece like that. I heard about a guy. Uh, he was late for a meeting. He was just, I mean, upset because he's late for this meeting. He cannot find a parking spot. And he's just back and forth and it's getting later and later. And he's got to get into this meeting. And finally he says, Lord, if you'll give me a parking spot, I will go to church the rest of my life. I will stop smoking. I'll quit cussing. Right then, right in front of the front door, parking spot opened up. And the guy looked up again and he says, never mind, I just found one. <laughs> it's, not, it's not in the Bible. It's not a true story. Don't get caught up too much in, you know, my dog barked three times when this person drove by, you know. You can get caught up in all those things. And don't try to make deals with the Lord. Lord, if this is you, do this, do this, do this. Just ask him, Lord, make it real clear to me. Holy Spirit, lead me, show me, make it real clear. And the Lord will do some things in the natural. And he will bring some confirmation to you. But um, don't be laying out fleeces. Brother Kenneth Hagin used to say this. If you're going to be led by fleeces, you will get fleeced. Okay, so be careful with that. Let Let me just finish up with this. Learn to obey the objective first, the known, the verifiable. Learn to obey this. Get a good track record for obeying this. Then God can trust you to obey the subjective. And that's that's the whispers of God, the promptings of God, the leadings of God. And you know what? If you have a good track record of following the verifiable, the object, the, the, the obvious, to everyone, if you have a good track record of that, then people are also going to trust you more when you say, I feel a leading toward this. But if you've got a track record of just all over the place, then people are going to say, you know, I know they love Jesus, but they're off their leash. You know, and, and we've got a neighbor who has a dog and that dog's always running away. And sometimes he's in our yard and other, and then they're out chasing him, you know, all, all the time. And some people are like that, you know, and if, Y'all with me? Okay. So be careful that first of all, we have a good track record of, of, of obeying his written verifiable word, the objective. And then God can trust you more to obey the subjective, the, those whispers, those promptings, those leadings. And then realize this again, never, never is it the Holy Spirit if it's contrary to scripture. One final thing, Pastor John, if you'll come. If you have a major decision, and maybe you've had some major decisions, 
How many of you know it would be good to get the leading of the Holy Spirit on that? Or if you have an unusual prompting, you're sensing, I know this is a little bit out here, but I feel like the Lord is leading me to do this. Here's what you need to do with that. You need to get godly counsel. If you have a major decision or some kind of unusual leading, it's important that you get with some people that know you, love you, and you trust their, their solid, consistent walk with the Lord. Now, don't find somebody that's flaky. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Y'all did hear that, didn't you? Okay. Or was that me? I'm supposed to learn piano. No. I'm sorry. Sorry. Where was I? Okay. If, if you're trying to get good godly counsel, there's safety in that godly counsel and a multitude of counsel. You don't want to get that counsel from somebody that's squirrely and all over the map. You know, they may love Jesus, but you want somebody that's solid in their walk. We talked Sunday about having your feet shod where you've got that firm-footed stability. You need to find some people who got those gospel boots on that, that, that are consistent and solid in those things. And you become that as well. We don't have to demonstrate something. I'm led by the Spirit. That does not mean that you're beep, beep, zip, tang. You know, you know just, just all over. You're solid. The Holy Spirit, He knows. He knows. He knows how to get you there. He orders your steps. He does things by peace. He's a creator. He has systems. God will work all of that out. Here's your thing. Get before God every morning and say, Lord, lead me by your Holy Spirit. Fill me up and lead me by your Holy Spirit and trust him and and get your ear and your heart more and more tuned. By your ear, I'm not necessarily talking about your physical ear. Get more and more tuned to the prompting and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Make sure that you understand he always leads by scripture and he, in line with scripture. And he's always going to lead you with peace. And then there's always good godly counsel uh, to help you along the way with that. Amen. All right, I just covered about six weeks in one night. I think this was just one night. So did y'all get anything at all out of this tonight? All right.